today is Kansas Day. It's Kansas Day. Kansas was admitted to the Union today in 1861. And uh, we are here, this is January 29th, 2015, with Nancy Kishpaw, and we're talking with Bertha May LaSalle, uh, M-A-Y is her middle name. And uh, Bertha, just for the sake of recording this, uh, how old are you? I'm about 91 and a half. All right. And um, how did you get your name, Bertha May? Were you named after someone? Yes, my uh, maternal grandmother was Bertha, and I had a, an aunt on, the, on my grandfather's side whose name was May, her name was Aunt May, and then my mother was a Lola May, ah. so I got Bertha May. <laughs> and when were you born? Uh, July the 13th, 1923, and uh, my mother said that uh, I came on a clap of uh, thunder, and, and, and if I had been, I think a few minutes later, I would have been in 1924. <laughs> wow. um, let's talk about uh, growing up. What is your earliest memory growing up? How, how far back can you go? Oh, well, I probably I have maybe two memories I can think of. One of them was my um, birth. Well, there were three of us children, and we were born pretty much in three years. So. But I remember uh, when I was probably three years and, and uh, almost a month more uh, that we lived out there in the country and my um, grandmother was there and there was just a lot of steam coming. She was boiling water and we had a little gate that I had to stand beside, couldn't get into the dining room or the, where the doctor would come in. And when the doctor came, I can't remember my mother being big or anything like that, but when the doctor came in, he had this black bag. And, and it wasn't long till I heard the baby cry. And it was my third, my second brother, Clarence. And I just knew the doctor brought that baby in that bag. <laughs> so it was my how, did you, you had, Brothers and sisters? No, They're I just had two, two brothers. brothers. Yes. What were their names? Cecil Roy, he was the first one. And uh, he uh, was uh, struck by lightning when, uh, when he was just 13. I had just graduated from high school on June the 4th, 1940. And two days later, this terrible thunderstorm came and he was in the barn and the lightning struck the hay fork, came down and, and he was killed instantly. And then the younger brother at that time, Clarence, uh, he, it uh, practically blinded him. He had to have cataract surgery before they had implants. And uh, he, he, his life was pretty well messed up. Oh, what a terrible tragedy. Kind of. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. But uh, anyway. Wow. And your parents, what were their names? Uh, uh, Roy Dewey Patterson. Um, he was the youngest of five children. 
and my mother was uh, Lola May Gar. She was an only child, and uh, her parents' name were Clarence and Bertha, and uh, they lived. They uh, actually, uh, when I was just a child, they bought and, and Grandpa and his brother built the house that we lived in until just recently, and it's it's to the point that I I have not let it be torn down because I have so many memories, mm -hmm. but uh, I live in the same uh, right there, area. The same property. I, I have a, a double wide at the back that uh -huh. I live in now. Wow. Mm -hmm. And uh, what about school? Where did you go to school when you were uh, young? There was a little brick uh, one-room school, Peebler School. It's out uh, northwest It's uh, of town. It's probably about four miles, three or four miles west on what is now Peter Pan Road. And then, and then there's a road that goes to the left mm -hmm. up to the, to the uh, park that we have now. We always just call Table Mound. Mm -hmm. And uh, we lived a mile up that way. And so I had uh, my elementary school was uh, from first grade through eighth there although I skipped the second grade, so I graduated at 16 mm -hmm. from high school anyway. But um, what was interesting there, that it was a coal-fired furnace, and my first teacher was Frances Kane, and she had to walk out from town to teach, and she'd walk along, the railroad wasn't too far, and she'd walk that far along there, and uh, uh, at that time, the board members of that school uh, had children, but they paid the tuition and sent them to school. So I was the only one eligible at that point to go to school there. And so uh, Miss Kane asked if, if my brother Cecil could come. He was still four years old. Could, she, could he come to school and just to be company? Well, he came right along and did the same work I did. So uh, she finally said, well, you need to go on ahead. Mm -hmm. uh, furthermore, we had uh, a library there, uh, a small library and, and a big bookcase. And before I left there, I had read every book in that book, in that library. And uh, we'd have uh, two or three, two or three uh, years later, mm -hmm. then the board member decided to send his kids out there. And so we had, I was probably the only one in the, in the older grade. So I, sometimes I got a chance to teach a little bit when the kids would come up to mm -hmm. the recitation bench. And Did you enjoy teaching? Did you I enjoy that teaching? Oh, well, that wasn't, she was a young teacher and she wasn't, oh, I could go into stories there. She, she wasn't as uh, experienced, I guess you'd say. And then when the board members sent their children to school there, uh, some of them were a little unruly, mm -hmm. but, uh, and my brother, at one point, she put adhesive tape over the mouth of mm -hmm. my, my uh, brother, and because he whispered, 
And my mother did not like that. So that year she took us out of school and, and we went to my grandmother's where out there, where it used to be West Laurel, where, uh -huh. where I live today. So we stayed there for one year and went to the Lincoln School here in Independence. Well, but after that, we got another teacher there, so we went back to Peebler. Uh-huh. And then after, after Peebler, you went to Independence High School? Or? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, we had, at that time, uh, we'd had all the eighth grade students in the town came together and had a big exam. And, uh, and I was valedictorian of the whole county for that, for that year when I, I was the highest uh, grade and that was. What year was that? Hmm? What year? 1936. Okay. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then came to Independence High School. Um, those are the years that I might have to do with the civil rights because uh, <clears throat> I know there was still some uh, discrimination, not only just for people of color, the black girls and boys, mm -hmm. but country kids. Yes. And uh, so my, and where we lived in the country, we didn't have immediate children to play with. We, my folks belonged to a called a Grange, and we'd mm -hmm. get together and we had made friends that way. But when, when I came to school, uh, we, we didn't have as nice of clothes, perhaps, for one thing. Anyway, uh, I remember we took our lunches and sat in the bleachers in the gym. Uh, we went to high school where the, where the present middle school is now. That was our high school building. Oh, okay. and, uh, and so I made a lot of country type friends there. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. And any, anything else you'd like to know about that? Um, well, oh, I know what I was gonna say. Two of my best friends in high school were black girls, mm -hmm. Arnetta Collins and Ruby Battle. And I remember when we moved back here, uh, there was a uh, uh, Reverend Watson still here, and I talked to his his wife, and I said, "Does anyone know anything about them?" And she said, "Well, Miss Battle died oh. already, so I never. Uh -huh. I was hoping to, because uh, uh, she was uh, such a good friend. Um, we we vied for. We were the two top English students in the class. Mm -hmm. She was very bright." And when I got chicken pox, uh, my mother says, isn't it interesting, the only person who called to see how you were doing was Ruby. Mm -hmm. So I've always just felt a warmth uh -huh. toward, and, and I remember one time I had a, I, I took shorthand in high school and that wasn't my thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I had thought I was, had flunked a test and I was crying and Arnetta came over and sat in the seat beside me and put her, she says, it can't be that or bad Bertha Bay, what is wrong? Oh. And, and I told her and she said, oh, you probably didn't. And she was so comforting. Uh -huh. So that's two, two people mm -hmm. that I and have. Did you see, uh, this is for the purposes of the Created Equal Grant. Mm -hmm. um, we were talking about 
discrimination and whether you had experienced it as mm -hmm. a woman, um, as a, a country student mm -hmm. versus the city students. Um, did you observe discrimination towards your friends um, or towards others? It didn't seem, I, I didn't notice that. Uh -huh. Later on, you know, uh, there's a gentleman here in town, Jim Brown. Yes. Have you, he would be a nice one to talk uh -huh. with because he uh, spoke, he's a member of our church, and mm -hmm. he spoke in uh, one time when we had a human relations day, and he told all about the discrimination, how they had to have uh, black uh, ball teams and, mm -hmm. and uh, swimming places. And, but being in the country, I didn't play ball. I didn't go swimming uh -huh. too much and or anything. But no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't observe that too much. And your friends didn't ever talk about it. No, no. Uh, I know that my uh, what my dad when we were growing up. I I, I could go back a, a minute there. Okay. Uh, there was this man named Mel Pitts who lived uh, near us. He was an older fellow, and uh, Cassie was his wife. And, and at one point, they had a small little house, and they had a black family that came there and raised a field of cotton. Uh, I remember the cotton was right across the road from us mm -hmm. because he was across the road from where we lived. And uh, that one year, we had, um, I believe it was a little Negro boy who, who came to school, but at that time, I, even, even then, I don't think we thought anything about it in the school. And, and my teacher at that time was um, Thelma Johnson Etzold. She married Bud Etzold here. Mm -hmm. In fact, Connie Harding, is her daughter and we oh. we are good friends uh -huh. and sing together and that kind of thing but anyway uh, that was uh, one of the experiences that I had with the first person in, in any kind uh -huh. of school situation I can't even remember the kid's name because he was only there a short one year uh -huh. you know and then I went on but, um, I and, and I can backtrack one more time when we were little, of course, we had to have ice. We didn't have a regular right. refrigerator. Mm -hmm. and, and Dad would come in to get ice at the ice plant, which was down in the part of town where there were a lot of black people. And I remember just one incident, probably my very first one. I was probably only about three or four years old. And uh, when we got there, Dad said, well, you just stay here in the car. And he says, I'll go get the ice and come it back. And I looked around, and everybody had black faces that I saw there. And I thought, this is unusual. Mm -hmm. I didn't know whether to be scared or not. So I, I remember sneaking down kind of under the dash like this until mm -hmm. he came back. But, oh, and one other thing I got to say, the one thing that was most influential in my life, the book when I was 10 years old, I read Uncle Tom's Cabin. And my mother said, oh my, you cried through the whole thing. And you were always just crying. And I said, oh mother, they just took, they took, treated these people 
awful. Uh-huh. And uh, so that helped me have a flavor of, of uh, the fact that uh, it didn't matter what color people's skin was. Mm-hmm. You know, we all believed in, and, I, and we went to Sunday school when, when we were little. Um, had a little White Coast Methodist church out that way, uh-huh. and, and uh, we only had a preacher once a month, so I never got baptized until I came to town. But, but um, it, it was, uh, and and my dad, I know some people use this in I G G E R, and and Dad said that is a bad word, and he says they are Negroes. Uh-huh. He, he didn't call them colored or anything else. He said they are Negroes, and he didn't want to hear us saying anything uh-huh. derogatory. Uh-huh. And, and later on, my grandmother and grandfather, they just had a um, few cows and chickens and things, and most of the people that came out to their house to buy things were some black friend people, and uh-huh. they were just... You know, they called each other by name. There was nothing mm-hmm. derogatory or anything. So I came up in a, in a nice situation. Mm-hmm. Okay, anything what, else? What were your parents? I talked about your parents. What were they like? What was your, your dad like? Oh, your dad, was like? A work, dad was a workaholic. He just worked all the time. Um, and we didn't get a chance. I often said, oh, why can't we go on picnics? Or um, And my grandpa liked it fish mm-hmm. so he'd take me take us fishing and things like that but but and, and I remember on uh, rainy mornings when dad couldn't work in the field we had these big old workhorses and and this was after all three of us were born uh, the the little one would sit in front of the saddle and and then uh, that was Clarence and then Cecil and I was on the back and, mm-hmm. and dad would draw, walk around on the horse to check the crops and see how things looked and that was a special time because we uh-huh. got to go was uh, um did your dad talk with you a lot or was uh, he quiet i, I didn't I, I was always closer to my mother uh-huh. uh but um and then when we came back here i'm jumping ahead again in 1987 well we really retired a year early because ed's parents were both gone and dad was Getting ready to have a hip operation, and my, my stepmother had passed away. Mm-hmm. So he says it's time to go back and mm-hmm. take care of your dad, yeah. and, and we did that. And uh, he he just loved Eddie and treated him like a son. Cause by that time, both well, it was shortly after we retired here, my younger brother died, and mm-hmm. the other one at fifteen went right. with the lightning. You know. What was your mom like? She she was a loving, kind person. Uh, patched old overalls, so sometimes you couldn't see the originals. And and uh, at some point we got um, had a radio that had her battery in it because mm-hmm. we didn't have we had outdoor plumbing. Right. I mean, privy they mm-hmm. called us. Yeah. And and we didn't have electricity, but we had the battery. And um, I remember Mother, she would listen to programs called Ma Perkins and Queen for a Day. And she said, 
when she felt down, she just listened to Queen for a day and she just had to count her blessings. Uh -huh. Wow. Um, and oh, we had chores to do. We had to take care of chickens, gather eggs. Uh, mother never wanted me to um, learn how to milk a cow. Because she, she says, if you don't know how, you never have to. And if there were times when he'd be yeah. out, she'd have to milk all the cows herself. And mm -hmm. um, he had a one of the first tractors and a threshing machine, and and he'd go around and do all the neighbors. And there would be times where she just had to, to do buckle in and do the. And but then my brothers learned to drive mm -hmm. to uh, milk cows, and so they did that. But. Uh, we, uh, if we, when we got home from school, we always had something to eat. Sometimes it was a bowl of cereal or mm -hmm. something. And then had to do our chores. Mm -hmm. And after our chores were all done, then we uh, could go in. And the boys, they, uh, I think it was something like Dick Tracy and, and uh, Jack Armstrong, some kind of radio programs. And I liked to listen to Orphan Annie. Uh -huh. How did you get to school? Did you uh, walk or ride or uh, ride a horse? Some of the times we walked, it was one mile. Uh -huh. Sometimes we walked and sometimes uh, they would take us. And I remember one year that the snow was so big, it, it was like it was in Boston this past weekend. Uh -huh. it, it was up to the radiator and Dad tried to plow all the way down didn't have graders to do, and we were on a dirt road. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can remember seeing steam coming out of that radiator and thought we never were going to get there. And then I guess he had made a um, track. So Mother came to pick us up after school, and she slid into a, a ditch near a culvert. And so Dad brought horses and pulled us out, I remember. So it, it was a little crude. Uh -huh. What about when you went to high school? It, when we went to high school, my dad, um, uh, I learned to drive. Uh, my dad was not a patient person as far as teaching. Mm -hmm. we, we didn't have anything but a clutch. And, and he'd let me drive to the mailbox, which was a quarter mile away, and then he'd read the mail or the paper when coming back, and he'd say, oh, you're gonna rip the clutch out of this car. You'll <laughs> never learn. And uh, I, I was discouraged by that. That was one place where he was, I thought, a little too strict. Uh -huh. And uh, so I said, well, you let mother go with me. And boy, I just caught on. She was so patient uh -huh. and kind. <laughs> what did you enjoy most? Oh, oh, oh. I know what. Uh-huh. Uh, then when my brother, see, I started in 36, and then my brother started in 37, and then Dad bought a Model A car, Model A Ford car, uh -huh. and so we were able to drive in to school. It was four miles from where we lived into school, so... What did you like most when you, when you were going to high school? What subjects did you enjoy the most? Well, uh, I liked orchestra and, and music. I'd already, uh, getting back, uh, I guess music was one of my most 
um, avid things when I was growing up. Grandpa paid uh, an old uh, country fiddle that he, uh, he had been given. Somebody thought it wasn't pretty, so they put floor varnish on it, and it didn't do too much for the sound. Mm -hmm. But and whenever we'd go to visit him, oh, Grandpa, can we get the fiddle out? And he never had a lesson in his life, but mm -hmm. he could play the harmonica by ear, and he could play uh, uh, all those old tunes, uh, Turkey in the Straw, and, and them golden slippers. <laughs> and, 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 and I just picked up and learned all uh -huh. those things from him. What was then. your grandpa's name? Clarence Gar. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. And his, his dad, if you want to go back a little uh -huh. farther, his dad was one of the first medical doctors to get a degree, and he moved here uh, when, uh, I guess, Grandpa was really young, doctored people out in the western part of the state. And, uh, um, and what was His name, name was Dr. Louis Kaskar. So anyway, uh, here I'll ramble along and forget where I'm going here. You were talking about music. Oh, oh the music. Uh -huh. And so when I was eight years old, my grandmother found that this is a Mrs. Scranton who used to live in town, and she had a few little students in a certain little music, uh, National Institute of Violin or something, and so she taught lessons and she gave uh, 60 lessons and a $5 violin, little, mine was just mm -hmm. about half size or so, and for $60. And so grandma signed me up for that mm -hmm. and that was my beginning uh, violin. And then uh, when I got to high school, there was a professor, Alexander Baird, who, who worked with the school orchestra and all, and he gave private lessons, and that's when I really soared with private lessons. Uh -huh. And at the time I went to KU, uh, I would have liked to majored in music, but it was more expensive, mm -hmm. and, and I liked English. You asked me what I liked. Uh -huh. English was one of my favorite subjects. But uh, anyway, uh, do I need to say anything more about did you, that? Did you come to the library here in town? Mm -hmm. uh, not that much, because it seemed like when school was over, we had to go. Yeah. We had to go uh, home to get to do the chores mm -hmm. and, and, and our homework. And when I was in high school, though, there were um, four of us had a string quartet, and uh, uh, Dick Strawn and Walter McVeigh and I and uh, Mildred, I believe her name was Mildred Stafford, uh -huh. and we'd, we'd uh, get little jobs. I can remember going to the Booth Hotel, playing for banquets, and we'd get 50 cents a piece, and then we'd get, afterward we'd get to eat uh -huh. what they were eating. Oh, that's exciting. So, so that was a social time for uh -huh. me. To play with those. Were you a good student? What? Were you a good student? Yeah, I, I in high school I was probably in the ten, uh, upper 10 percent of my class and there were bigger classes than there are today. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. And then after oh, high school? 
in, in high school. Uh -huh. Would you want to know who the most influential oh, sure. person there was? Uh -huh. <clears throat> <clears throat> well, my English teacher was Grace Anderson. She was uh, a single mom. I think she had lost her husband, and she had a daughter. I believe her name was, I can't remember if it was Marjorie or what, but she had gone to KU and got her teaching credentials and everything, and, and uh, she knew I was unhappy with this business course. And my, one thing my mother had always said, she says, oh, she says, teachers have a hard lot. She says, just take a business course. You don't have to do home, uh, homework or uh, grade papers. And I tried that in high school, and I was good at typing and bookkeeping, but that shorthand, I had some kind of a mental block. And, and I just was unhappy at the thought of that. And Mrs. An Mrs. Anderson said, you know, just set your goals. She said, nobody in my class had gone to beyond junior college. Uh -huh. She says, you can go to University of Kansas because they have some scholarships. And, and go ahead and take four years of English and, and you'd be a good English teacher. So she was my most influential teacher. I had her for two years, I think, uh -huh. junior and senior year. And so I did go to KU. What year did you graduate from high school? 40, 1940. Uh -huh. And then I went to JUCO. Here it in was, Independence. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. There were <clears throat> the old Nice Hall, where my mother graduated from, uh -huh. uh, was across the street from the junior hall. I think today you used to have the old bell out yes. there. Uh -huh. Okay. And it had to go up a lot of steps and everything, but that all my uh, junior college classes were in were that in. building. And uh -huh. I went there and I was in Phi Theta Kappa. And oh, that year, um, I think they admitted the first black girl to Phi Theta Kappa. I don't, Ruby, I don't believe went to, to junior college, uh -huh. but um, one of the Pruitt girls did, and she was she and I were both admitted into uh, Phi Theta Kappa. Oh. And then, how did you happen to go to KU then? Well, did you get a scholarship or? Well, it well all I got was a work scholarship uh -huh. at that time. I worked at a, at a museum on Saturdays, and and uh, uh, there were at that time there was a. ROTC, and, and then they were having soldiers uh, up there come up, up on the hill, and uh, maybe the naval boys. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, there were times when one of my roommates, she went up and one of her jobs was to help serve, and so if she couldn't do it, sometimes I went up and did that. Mm -hmm. but, uh, and you went to KU in what year? Uh, well, I graduated from JUCO 42, uh -huh. and I graduated from and, and that very same fall. I, I was in, in KU <coughs> and graduated in 44. And your major was <coughs> English? Or? Major was English, uh -huh. and then I minored in education and uh, uh, French. And I met my husband there. That, oh. that was the most important part of my uh -huh. college, I said. <clears throat> what was his name? Edward LaSalle, Jr. He was, 
he was uh, born and raised in Kansas City. But uh, he was a roommate of uh, a friend of mine, John Callahan, who, who I think he, he lived somewhere between Independence and Lawrence because sometimes we would, my folks would give him a ride to and from. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, <laughs> he, he would say, uh, oh, he'd talk about his roommate. Oh, he was a card and all this, you know. Uh, he said, uh, 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 oh, he, I, I wasn't, I said, well, he sounds interesting. And so anyway, um, he said, well, and he's Catholic. And I said, oh, I said, well, I never dated any Catholic boys. And so one morning we were walking to school and they were two, and so I got introduced and then, uh, he wanted. To, he called me right away and wanted to go to a movie. <laughs> Love at first sight. Well, it was for me. Was it? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, and then the, the war came in there, uh -huh. though, and um, I I told him I didn't want to be engaged. And besides, I still had. I we met him when I the first year there, and I needed to go ahead and get my finish my education and. Mm -hmm. And um, so I said, well, and with the war, you don't know what you're, where you're going to be, and you get lonely if you want to date somebody. And I said, we, we, have, to, we have to hash out this thing about the religion. Because mm -hmm. uh, at one point when I was teaching, I taught in Toronto then two years immediately. Toronto, Kansas? Uh-huh. Okay. In Toronto High School, mm -hmm. the next two years, right as soon as I got graduated, I got that first job here. And uh, at first, I lived with somebody who was a Catholic lady whose husband was in the service, and so she had a catechism, and I, I looked at that catechism, and I said, I cannot take this. I cannot subscribe to this. Mm -hmm. So anyway, Eddie and I agreed that we wouldn't even talk. We'd just correspond. We wouldn't talk about religion. Mm -hmm. uh, and when he came back, uh, here he comes with a ring, you know, and I oh, said, oh, wow. I think we have something to talk about. <laughs> but we, we did, we, we corresponded regularly uh -huh. while he was in the service. And Where was he stationed when he was in the service? Th then he said, uh, he says, well, you know, uh, my parents have divorced. I never did get to meet his parents before then or anything. And uh, he says, they are divorced. And I thought the Catholic Church would keep people together forever, didn't believe in divorce. And then he was just, and he says, so that, that fell through. And he says, I've had all these friends, Jewish and Protestant and Catholic, and one of his best ones was Protestant. And he says, so I don't have any argument anymore. So that was nice. <laughs> uh -huh. So things resolved themselves. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. So he came with the ring. When was that? Uh, well, he, um, we were married uh, in December of 46. And uh, that, uh, I believe he was discharged in April of that year, I think it was, mm -hmm. and uh, when he came back, he was discharged, he had a, 
And, and I said, it didn't fit. I said, oh, yeah. are you sure you didn't get this for somebody else? <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he, he said he, he just thought uh, it would be nice to get it. And, and the, the girl at the jewelry car, he, he thought she, her fingers looked like they about my size. <laughs> he didn't, it was kind of funny. Uh-huh. Wow. So you were married in 46. Mm -hmm. Then what happened? Well, um, uh, we didn't have, he was still, he, he came back, he hadn't finished his degree, so he wanted to go to Illinois Institute of Technology in Chicago, and uh, he couldn't get in uh, day school right away because they were filled, so he took a, a course in um, TV repair, and so he could repair TVs, uh -huh. waiting for that, and he got a job right away place called Colonial Car Coil, so he was earning some money, mm -hmm. and, uh, and uh, actually, um, in July, I went, he said, well, why don't you come up for the 4th of July, because he would be in school, and, um, and my mother, she didn't know, she was, Chicago sounded like mm -hmm. a bad place to her for me to go. But I went up, supposedly, for the weekend, 4th of July or whatever it was, and here was one of my best girlfriends at KU I oh. met on the street. Oh so I goodness. don't know, I, I kept thinking that was providential. Uh -huh. And uh, we, what are you doing here? And, and at one time, uh, Eddie had dated her some too, see? Oh, and when I told her about that, and she said, oh, what a small world. And so she says, well, I'm here looking for a job, mm -hmm. and I need somebody to room with. So our whole plans went around uh -huh. that. So, so you just stayed together. then? I, I, I oh. had to come home and get some more clothes uh -huh. and stuff. But So from then on, I was in, and then my parents came up. Oh, apartments were hard to find back then really hard and uh, my, <clears throat> my mother and dad were going to come up to see me I got a job at the at a bank right away mm -hmm. even though I was had not had any experience I, I got in there and became a teller and um, <laughs> am I talking too long no 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 I was just okay. checking to be sure everything's okay well anyway uh, uh, when they came up for to see me for Thanksgiving, he he'd been looking. He lived on one part of the town and Maxine and I on another, so we had quite a commute to date back and forth, you mm -hmm. know. But um, and this was before we were married. There uh -huh. anyway. Um, uh, see where am I going? You were dating, commuting oh, oh. back and forth okay. to date, and. <clears throat> um, when my parents came up, almost simultaneously, he heard of this place that would be available. It would be a room in somebody's home out in Maywood um, that we could still commute with. And uh, uh, so mother says, oh my goodness, she hadn't planned to come. And he, oh, we, we were supposed to get married on January 1st. Mm -hmm. and, and here, December 1st was right after. And he says, well, since I have to go there and live for a month, you know, it's available. 
maybe we, we could talk to preacher. We'd already talked to him and get him set it up while your folks are here. Oh, so mother and I, we had to go out and get, we didn't have a big formal wedding, but something, I had a nice white dress. Uh -huh. but, so we did that and I got married while they were there. Oh. <laughs> this was in the Chicago area. Uh -huh. Okay. Uh -huh. And then, and then, and then, um, uh, let's see. Oh, <laughs> Maxine was planning was to be standing up for me for my brides. Is my, this your friend that was in Chicago? The, uh huh. Uh huh. But the weekend of Thanksgiving, she had, her job took her somewhere out of town, so she wasn't even there for Thanksgiving. Oh dear. So. One of the girls at the bank who had become very friendly with me, she mm -hmm. she became my <laughs> person. So we, that was a little bit different. Uh huh. And it all worked out. Then what happened after that? After well, you were married. Um, he went ahead and um, finished, um, got his degree. 1950 was was a important year because uh, we got our first car. We'd, uh, otherwise, we had to have public transportation. Got our first car, our first baby, and he, he graduated and got, uh, from college and got his first job. Where did he work then? He worked at Pullman Standard in Hammond, uh -huh. and it wasn't too Hammond, Indiana. It was that mm -hmm. uh, he could uh, usually had a ride to until we got the car. And your first child was who? Judine Claire. She was a. Uh, she was supposed to be a boy. The doctor. He was an old doctor, and he he's, he could always tell. Oh, you're going to have a boy. And so we didn't even think about picking out a girl's name. Mm -hmm. So uh, when when she came, it was a girl, and it took us a week to come up with. A, combination we agreed on and mm -hmm. everything but but we were real happy it didn't uh -huh. matter what it was you know and what was uh, it when was her birthday then uh, it was uh, let's see she was born November the 6th in 1950 okay and we'd had four years you might say of honeymoon mm -hmm. we could go to concerts and we didn't oh. have uh -huh. I have a lot of Sometimes we sat in the gallery, but we yeah. we did go, and we had had a lot of fun. And then uh, we didn't have our other child. He went after he became an engineer. We moved around wherever there were government contracts. Uh -huh. He was electronics engineer, oh. and uh, uh, we moved several places. And she she was born in. Uh, um, Mishawaka, Indiana. It was. We lived in South Bend for seven, six years, and, and Judine started piano lessons and went to first grade there. And she was born there. Uh -huh. Mishawaka is a twin town like of South Bend. And that was. Uh, she was born on November the tenth. We thought she was going to be born on Judine's birthday, but uh, she was exactly three years difference. Uh -huh. And she's the one who lives out here now across the road and is what's my her caregiver. Name then what is her name? Karen Knox. 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 Okay. Uh-huh. Wow. Mm -hmm. 
And then what? Where all did you live? You said you moved around oh, a lot. Oh my goodness. We lived in, in, uh, from South Bend, we went to Ann Arbor. And from Ann Arbor, we went to Columbus and we just moved into a place that was too small. So he found a place in uh, uh, Worthington, Ohio, which mm -hmm. is right outside of Columbus. And so we bought that house there and that was where uh, my kids went to school. Judine graduated from high school there. But um, he got this job with, uh, um, hmm. oh, we, anyway, he had to go Raytheon, Raytheon up in, in uh, Framingham, Massachusetts. And we lived there almost 20 years. I believe it was 18 years. Ooh. And uh, that's our kids. Judine was planning to go to Ohio State, but when we found out we were going up there, and she was uh, interested in piano and violin, and we got scholarships for both girls at New England Conservatory. Wow. And so that was a, a nice move that we made. Mm -hmm. Except it's cold up there. Is it? And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, really cold, lots of snow. And then we lived there until um, 1987. He, he even still then, he had to go uh, at one point, um, he had to do some contract labor because mm -hmm. he had an interruption in the Raytheon contract thing. Mm -hmm. But he, he retired from Raytheon. And we moved down here then, and, and um, I think that's the highlights of things that I can think of. Awesome. When, when did you lose your husband? Oh, 2004. You know, when he retired at 64, you know, he'd always, he was a country, a uh, city boy, but he always loved animals. Mm -hmm. And Dad had been a... Uh, farmer rancher all his life and still had a bunch of old cows <laughs> mm -hmm. and I mean they were old some uh -huh. of them and so uh, Eddie came down and he'd go to the farm meetings and he read on how to do things and jumped right in and worked harder than he did as an engineer in his cow at the cow calf operation uh -huh. and we had all this land that dad had owned and uh, so he, he, was, he was happy doing that. And then when he was 80 in 2004, um, when, we, when we had our anniversary, he says, you know, this is getting too hard. Because I worked with him. Mm -hmm. I would go out and help him with the feeding and the killing the brush and things. And he says, we're going to get rid of all this and have fun. But what was it? In January the 20th, right after our his 80th birthday, uh -huh. uh, he was taking this old bull into Dr. Epps to uh, have him semen tested because some, some people down there were saying, oh, he's not having enough calves and uh -huh. he's, he's too old. And he was supposed to take him to auction, but that day, some reason, he thought, well, I just would like to have him semen tested to see if he's going to be all right. Uh -huh. And 
when he and, and a fr an older friend who was two years older than he at 82 helped him capture this animal. And oh. he got, he, normally he wasn't uh, an angry or anything, but that stirred him up. So when we got to Dr. Epps' uh, veterinary hospital, uh, they opened up the gates to let him out into the pen, and uh, he ran out and charged, knocked my husband oh. down, and killed him right there. Oh, dear. So that was another the terrible tragedy. Saddest thing. Uh -huh. Second saddest thing. The first one was when I lost my brother with the, uh, uh -huh. with the strike of lightning, and then this. It was hard, but... Uh, blessings came out of that, you know, because uh, uh, he thought my daughters would, one of them was living, Karen was married to a Baptist preacher, uh -huh. and uh, they had a parish, they were serving in uh, uh, Connecticut, and he just said, oh, the girls will never come back to the farm or anything like mm -hmm. this. Well, when he, when he passed away, uh, my son-in-law, Gary, he says, well, you know, in my church here, there's a young pastor that's come around, and they're just saying he's the cat's meow. He said, this would be a good time to just move back. And so we, uh, they rented a place down here in town, and then we remodeled Dad's old house, mm -hmm. and so that's where they're living today. And uh, their uh, oldest daughter, is both their daughters are here in town now, so that's oh, kind of a so joy. So, what is her me. married name then? Hmm? Karen. It's Karen Knox. Uh -huh. Is her married name? Uh -huh. Okay. And uh, as she came back, she 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 was quite accomplished pianist and organist, and and she came back at that uh, month or so before we'd lost our organist at the Methodist Church moved away and we were having to have subs so she fit right in and she's still oh, our organist there uh -huh. and and uh, they were here as caregiver for me when I broke hips and things uh -huh. so uh, and they live where across across, across the from four there. county mental health uh, okay that's where my dad uh, not too far from where you live I Nancy th I think I may have met them yeah probably I, I think she played um, at a banquet that I went to, probably a conservation and she banquet. plays for uh, several funerals and uh -huh. too. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. And your other daughter? Uh, the other one, she's a, a violinist. Uh, she never was able to get into Boston Symphony. There's a lot of political uh -huh. there, but she's very fine violinist. And she married a Jewish boy in uh, uh, Framingham, where they live. He he brought up in Boston, and I don't. He doesn't ever want to come to the Midwest, but uh -huh. uh, she wants to come back here. And uh -huh. they're about ready to retire uh, now. Uh -huh. She'll be she'll be sixty five, and in uh, he he's already turned sixty five, and she'll be sixty five in uh, next November. Okay. So. Uh, but she calls me. She called this morning, uh -huh. just as I was going out the door. Uh -huh. So she she calls and comes as often as she can. Uh -huh. She kind of goes around to schools and teaches violin and teaches some private students and in music. You have it, and you're one. I admire you. Um, you come to programs at the library. You have. Um, 
an interest in everything. Um, yeah. Is that what keeps you going? Well, yeah, and, and I love to read, and mm -hmm. right now I, I've been in music club and the and Monday music orchestras. Club? Yeah, ah. uh, I, I've played in orchestras, well, high school, junior college, and I, at KU I played in the orchestra, even though I didn't major in anything. And uh, everywhere we've gone, if there's an amateur orchestra, I've been able to play in it, and then ah. I... Uh, I taught music, did I say that, no. when we were in Framingham? No. Uh, there was a, a reciprocity between uh, Kansas and uh, Massachusetts, so if I had certification oh. in Kansas, they, they honored that. Mm -hmm. So I subbed a lot in the school, sometimes for strings and sometimes for mm -hmm. just playing music classes. Oh. And, and I, I had taken a course when I was in there, went to Emanuel College in Boston and uh, took a course in violin, uh, Suzuki pedagogy. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that qualified me to, to teach more in that brain. So uh, the last year there, I think there were, let me see how many, there were probably about seven elementary schools and a middle school and I I went around all week I knew wow. all the shortcuts to uh -huh. get there but see I, I was still in my 60s uh -huh. so I was still capable of doing a lot You're of very things. active and even when I came back here uh, oh I play sometimes in church and and uh, this one mother asked me one day she says oh my little girl wants so much to take would you consider and I said something to Eddie, and he says, yeah, I says, it's a shame for you just to sit down here and take care of cows. And, you, mm -hmm. and so he says, go ahead. Well, that, I ended up having several, uh, probably four or five. And, and it was kind of a labor of love. Uh -huh. I, you know, I didn't charge much. I didn't want to get any extra certification uh -huh. that I needed or anything. And this little girl... Uh, actually, you might know the dad. Uh, uh, let's see. He's a lawyer here. Let's see, Sharon and... Now, oh, there's my memory slipping in. But uh, when she went to college, to KU, after she left here, she says, well, can I come down every weekend and take a lesson from you? And I said, no. I said, I said you, you don't want to do that. I said, you've outgrown me anyway. You know, I, uh -huh. you need to go, if you're going to go into that. And she wasn't going into that. She was going into something else. But she just loved it. And she even competed in one of the, with one of the pieces that she learned in the, the talent uh, thing for... Uh, uh, the new new wall, uh huh, and she she was a. You know, all the little kids that I I taught uh, seemed like I taught them more than music, and I was such a good listener that they would come in and tell me their problems, and uh -huh. and, and it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. What's your favorite kind of music? What do you classical. like? Classical. Classical music is my favorite. Mm -hmm. But I've learned to understand and appreciate uh -huh. appreciate all of it, I think, except rock music and hard rock and some of this 
about rap? I, 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 this rap the stuff uh-huh. and, and some of these songs that they have today. Uh, I'm I'm kind of lucky that I don't have a good hearing because I don't hear the lyrics, uh-huh. and because I, I I just don't approve of that. Uh-huh. And and sacred music, I like sacred music a lot. Do you have a favorite composer, favorite musician? Oh, <clears throat> I I don't know. I I like uh, Beethoven and Mozart. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm in the classical vein. Who do you listen to, though? If you were going to listen to someone play, who would you like to hear? Uh, oh, um, Yo-Yo Ma on uh-huh. the cello, and um, uh, let's see. Um, oh, it's that Perlman. Yeah. No, okay. Yeah, the, I was going to say he's in a wheelchair. <laughs> I've heard both of them it's play. Awkward. They're wonderful. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Wow. Do you have? Um, Looking back over your life, what were, the, I think you've probably touched on this, what were the most important events and do you have any regrets? I think the regret that I have is, see my mother died when she was 66 with a um, malignant brain tumor. They did surgery on her but it metastasized. and. Years ago, we only used the telephone when when it was emergency, you might say. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was that expensive, but that's just the way it was. Right. Postcards, oh my, she had a stack of postcards, yay high, uh, that I had, uh, and, we, had, and mm-hmm. we, we kidded each other. We got more things on a postcard uh-huh. than some people put in letters. <laughs> And so, and, and I just said, I just wish I could have visited more with my mother because mm-hmm. there are times when we moved all around, we could only get back there once a year. Right. And uh, they were so uh, obligated to the farm chores and things that uh, they, they just didn't feel, dad didn't feel he could get away, you know, very long. Mm-hmm. So, so that, that's probably my regret. And, uh, and I wasn't able to be around for my younger brother. He mm-hmm. had a lot of problems and a divorce and um, uh, an addiction problem to uh-huh. drugs and things because he had some accidents and hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and I would have liked to, he only lived about a year after we moved back because uh-huh. he was about ready to, with the cancer, Oh, taken, taken him. Mm-hmm. Now you said events. Uh, well, I guess my the weddings of both my girls uh-huh. were, were uh, significant events. And uh, uh, as I'm growing older, uh, I have two very special friends. Uh-huh. Uh, one relative friends. I have one cousin left who just turned 92 this past weekend. She lives in Howard. And uh, we, we've known each other since we were, our friends were, our families were little. Mm-hmm. What is her name? Her name is um, Esther Foster. Her uh, son Thane used to live here, but he doesn't anymore. Her daughter Marla is a, is a, a judge in a 
um, lawyer out there. Uh-huh. So she moved out there a few years ago, so we, we don't get to visit much. Uh-huh. And then my husband's sister, Doris, she lives in Rockford, Michigan. Uh-huh. And uh, we have been, ever since we were married, mm-hmm. uh, we've been just bosom buddies and that's and uh, her her kids are just as dear to me, or probably they're more attentive to me uh-huh. than my own nieces and nephews. Uh-huh. And uh, so we, we talk two or three times a week. She's beginning to get dementia, and oh, so it, it's so sad. But uh-huh. we were able to meet in between and, and get to see each other this Good. past summer. Good. And her name is Doris Dean. Mm-hmm. And how many, you have two daughters? Just two. How, how many grandchildren? Oh, my grandchildren. Oh, they're a delight, too. Uh, Rebecca uh, is married to Nathaniel Smith. They're both avid Baptists, and uh, they live here in town. Uh-huh. He does some uh, consulting type of computer programming, I think, uh-huh. or something. And they have two children that are uh, barely not quite two years apart, and another one coming in May. Mm-hmm. And, and the other granddaughter, Rachel, uh, she's had kind of a hard life. Uh, had a, she's, only, she's 30, uh-huh. but she had a, a divorce in her family. And uh, anyway, she's uh, engaged to be married in June. She lives with me, uh-huh. and her fiance lives in in the loft of the barn over at Karen's house. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, until, that's great. Until they're married. And uh-huh. She's, she's uh, studying to be a nurse. She's got her uh, nurse aid oh. certification. And uh, their future's a little uh, uncertain right now because he was in the Marines and mm-hmm. was discharged honorably because of uh, seizure disorder oh, dear. that they weren't able uh-huh. to pinpoint. And But he hadn't had any seizures for five and a half years, and he's become an EMT, and recently, Wonderful. last year, I think it was in earlier this year, he got a nice job with, with the fire department here, uh-huh. here and just loved Good. it. And Good. then, two weeks ago, he got uh, had two grand mal seizures, oh. and so now he can't drive for six months, and he can't work until they. I, I don't know how this mm-hmm. is going to affect their wedding day, right. but because uh, oh dear, but Rachel has been uh, been very helpful. She's busy a lot with her schoolwork and and helping him mm-hmm. a lot, but. Um, when well, I had my, when I had my knee uh-huh. uh, fell and hurt my knee, she uh-huh. was able to put the splint back on for me, and, oh, and she stays in my spare room. Uh-huh. That's great. You have so it takes some you. of the worry off mm-hmm. of Karen that something might happen to me in the night. Yeah, <laughs> it's always good to have someone there. Mm-hmm. How would you like to be remembered? Well. Uh, I, I, I happen to think about that. I've got a little poem here that probably says it pretty well. 
I do not know how long I'll live, but while I live, Lord, let me give some comfort to someone in need by smile or nod, kind word or deed, and let me do whatever I can to ease things for my fellow man. I want naught but to do my part to lift a tired or weary heart, to change folks' frowns to smiles again. Then I will not have lived in vain, and I'll not care how long I live, if I can give and give and give. That's my motto. You're a giver. Yep. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's very special. Do you have anything else you would like to say or anything you'd like to add? I think I've pretty well covered things. That uh, Okay. Uh, I, I enjoy independence. I was born here and I gonna be buried here and, and I just uh, uh, have a, a wonderful church family mm-hmm. that's so supportive to me and uh, the Methodist Church uh-huh yeah uh, I was baptized in that church by mm-hmm. Reverend Aro Pinnick you wouldn't have known him uh, he uh, uh, and this was bef- oh right after high school or college, I can't remember exactly, but before I went to KU, and, uh, and I, I, I just feel like uh, uh, even though with our changing weather and everything, we've been very blessed yes. not to have major tornadoes. Mm-hmm. And uh, one place I don't think I'd ever want to live is Florida because my husband worked there at one time for mm-hmm. a small, uh, short stint, and I was down there, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I, I didn't care for Florida. Of course, we were. Uh, he was involved with uh, a satellite oh. uh, that went up in the air, and so we were down on Cocoa Beach, and and at that time there was tar that came up off of. And I can remember you couldn't walk out there without getting tar on your oh, feet or your flip-flops. Where did the tar come from? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess, from, I don't know whether from it was from the ocean. boats or, or oh. what, but uh-huh. really, black pieces of tar. Oh. Uh, one time he had had a job, a short time out in uh, uh, Palis, Palisades, something. Yeah, it was near near um, Los Angeles uh-huh. and uh, so uh, I was out there for a month when he was out there he was there for a year or two uh-huh. and uh, I like we went up to Sequoia National Park and oh I love the smell of those redwood trees uh-huh. after a rain so that, that was, was that was experience mm-hmm. can I ask you one more question sure um, Looking back, historical events that have happened in your lifetime, what what are the most memorable things that have happened? Um, well, I, I was trying to think who was president at the time I was born. I believe it was President Harding. I don't know. I, we could look that up. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, of course, World War II uh, was was a big mm-hmm. event in our life, and uh, uh, 
Oh, oh the, the, the civil rights in itself, mm -hmm. that we, uh, people, we can eat in the same restaurant mm -hmm. and, and not, uh, people don't have to be discriminated against. And, um, in our church, we've had one full-time pastor who's a black lady, mm -hmm. and, and another time we had an associate, wonderful, wonderful people, mm -hmm. and uh, I think, and, and another thing here I have not mentioned, I have several friends who go to Quinn AME uh -huh. Church, uh -huh. and um, there was this one lady, Ernestine Daniels, and she just called me a lot. She's gone now, and her sister's gone. Her name was uh, Henderson. And the, but uh, the other people that I'm, Lona Reeves and, uh -huh. and uh, Graham and Helen yes. are, are good friends of mine. And uh, I'm hoping to interview both of them. Uh-huh. Uh, Lorna and Graham came to the very first one here, right. but they, I, they didn't come back. I wonder if they're coming today. I don't know. I, I doubt it, um, but I, they're on my list of people to call for mm -hmm. interviews, and mm -hmm. I'm hoping they'll be willing to participate. Uh, earlier this year, when they had uh, 12 Years a Slave, uh -huh. I really appreciated that book because it was written almost the same time as uh, mm -hmm. Uncle Tom's Cabin that was uh, such a uh, memorable thing for uh -huh. me and such an influential in, uh, in my life. The interesting thing I found about 12 Years a Slave, mm -hmm. uh, the movie, Steven Spielberg produced mm -hmm. the movie. That movie had been made before by Gordon Parks. Really? Yes, I have it out here. Um, oh, that would be an interesting uh -huh. uh, one. And you have that? Uh -huh. and, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Probably black and white. Um, no? I in color? I don't know that it was. I think it was in color. But I'm going to try and show that. I'd like to have a Gordon Parks um, movie day mm -hmm. and um, show some of his now, now, works. Am I still on here? Yeah. You oh. want me to turn it off? Well, I, I, I was just going to say what... This afternoon, is there something before three, or do we not have anything? Um, at one o'clock, I'm I'm going to show Half Past Autumn, which is uh, the biography of oh. Gordon Parks. Oh, okay. And that's at one so o'clock. So it'll be at one in here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I was going to show that at one, and at three we'll um, yeah, do fine. the Learning Tree, and then at five we'll mm -hmm. um, talk about the movie and the book. Mm -hmm. So yeah, oh, I so, was thinking there was something at yeah, one. Yeah, we oh, have a full day, and uh -huh. you're welcome all yeah. day long. Yeah, it need, should need be to probably go home and get something to eat or something. Okay, you know, like that. Uh -huh. Well, uh, I, I look forward to that. Okay. And the other thing, I've got, I've got this much more to finish reading, and I oh, thought I, well, if yeah. I, if if I have time. I'm gonna finish You're getting that. to the exciting part. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. 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 And uh, so uh, I thought, well, maybe I'll have time between now and sure. then to finish this up. Okay. Because it's been a, a very interesting, well-written book, and, and so, so uh, what? What I'm wondering now, maybe you could tell me this. He's he dedicates it to Mama and Papa. Mm -hmm. Now, is this biographical? That's what, uh, I've talked to someone else that's, hopefully she'll be here tonight, but, uh, and I've read that possibly it could be 
somewhat autobiographical. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, it's set in Southeast Kansas. They talk yeah. about um, mm, Parsons and Newt. Yes. And it made me think about the uh, race riot here in Independence in 1920. There was um, a man, a, a white grocer, I believe, who was killed. And it was um, Ralph that was Mitchell. That was before I was born. And Ralph Mitchell saw a black man there running out of the store. and. That man was um, imprisoned um, on that testimony, but uh, it caused um, a race riot basically here in Independence, and there were a couple of gentlemen killed. Um, So, yeah. Wow. Well, my parents were married in 1922, and so I don't know. I just. And the, the Ku Klux Klan was very prominent in Kansas in the 1920s. Really? Yes. And even here in Independence. Huh. Something, that, there's just an episode of that mm-hmm. that I never even heard it was about. Cut, there were, I think, like I wonder if it had more to do with in the city instead of rural. You probably didn't notice it as much. Um, in the rural areas, I, I don't think that was as much of an issue. And my dad grew up in this Bolton area, which uh-huh. is down near Wayside. You know, uh-huh. and that's, his dad did a, uh, oh, what does it go when you establish a claim? Uh, Senior mm-hmm. moment for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> Homestead. Yeah. Homestead, uh-huh. 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 He came here in Homestead. In Bolton. Oh, okay. Yeah, and we still, uh, we still, in our trust, we still have that land. My uh-huh. dad my dad said, uh, you know, it's been in the family, I guess now it's about 150 years. And, oh, wow. and he says, he said, I know you can't legislate from the grave, but he said, uh, he knew if he left it to me, as long as I lived, uh-huh. we would try to keep that in the family. Uh-huh because it was so special to him. And oh, yes. when his uh, uh, mother died, why uh, the kids deeded their interest to him. Mm-hmm. And so he, he took care of that and had that wow. to pass on. So do you know um, Mr. Nitz? Mr. who? Nitz, Lloyd Nitz, N-I-T-Z. Uh, from down towards Bolton or the McCabe's. Hmm. Geraldine no. Pittman. Oh, Geraldine Pittman. Yeah, uh-huh. she's on my calling list for Circle at church. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, and and her husband um, used to farm for my dad. Okay. Uh huh. Wow. Yeah, and they lived down there. She's still down there on the farm, mm-hmm. even though though he's passed away. Yeah. Uh, but her health is really bad. Yes. Do you know her? I know her, yeah. Uh-huh. And she, I, I had someone uh, contact me here at the library asking about the old stone house that's on their property oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Because that was built a long time ago. And um, they were re- somehow there was uh, a relation. They were relatives or their family mm, yeah, had been I there. Think- Anyway, um, it was it was very interesting to talk with these people. Well, so you know we, what I remember about the stone house? Uh-huh. Uh, 
my grandfather's, grandfather Clarence's sister, uh, who was um, Carrie, and she and married um, Frank Mayer. So it was Aunt Carrie and my great aunt Carrie and Uncle uh -huh. Frank uh, lived in that house uh, originally. Uh -huh. And um, at the time, I believe it was Aunt Carrie died, and and within 24 hours, Uncle Frank died. Oh my! So one of my first experiences of a being where there's funeral mm -hmm. uh, was going down there and seeing those two caskets in their living room. Oh my. And then my grandfather, Jacob Patterson, he was about 17 or 18 years older than Grandma. So he died in 1927, I believe. Wait a minute. I think I was six or seven years old. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember him. I, I never saw him really all dressed up with a tie. I know he was a very religious man, mm -hmm. and he... He, he read his Bible faithfully and went to church and and donated some land for uh, one of the churches, I think, and some pews or something. Uh -huh. But um, I remember they taking me into the funeral home and seeing him in the casket, and he had on a suit and a tie. Uh -huh. I'd never seen him with a tie uh -huh. because I, I wasn't too old. Anyway, uh, I remember they had the whole casket open and he had on socks and his feet were there and I, I reached in and touched and it was really hard. Uh -huh. He looked otherwise like he was sleeping. Uh -huh. So that was one of my Early, first experiences. Everyone went to funerals back I remember some of those too. When I, I didn't go to up. his funeral because I was the older and then there were two younger. And my other grandmother kept us while mother and daddy mm -hmm. were involved in the mm -hmm. funeral. So I don't remember the funeral. Mm -hmm. but, but that was. Wow. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to having you uh, tonight and. This listen, afternoon. Well, I'll, I'll well this afternoon and, and for the, the book discussion, mm -hmm. I hope. Uh, I don't know how big of a crowd we'll have. We probably won't have a whole lot, but I think it'll be interesting to talk about. So. Uh -huh. It'll be interesting to see how the movie uh, goes along with the book. Uh -huh. yeah. Usually, the book's always better than mm -hmm. the movie. Yes. Because yes. it captures things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anything else? No. That'll do. You don't, if you don't have any more questions, I don't. Oh, well, I always have more questions. 